section thirty two of the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter thirty two thou wilt be like a lover presently and tire the hearer with a book of words much ado about nothing it was with pleasure gertrude hailed the stately turrets of rossville as she beheld them rising above the rich masses of wood which surrounded them and again her heart bounded with delight as she thought all this will one day be mine mine to bestow she did not finish the sentence even to herself but the image of colonel delmore rose to her view and she felt that even the brilliant destiny that awaited her would be poor and joyless unless he were to partake of it on alighting mrs st clair hastened to lord rossville to report to him the success of her canvass and gertrude soon found herself she knew not how strolling by the banks of the river with colonel delmore by her side it is universally allowed that though nothing can be more interesting in itself than the conversation of two lovers yet nothing can be more insipid in detail just as the heavenly fragrance of the rose becomes vapid and sickly under all the attempts made to retain and embody its exquisite odour colonel delmore certainly was in love as much so as it was in his nature to be but as has been truly said how many noxious ingredients enter into the composition of what is sometimes called love pride vanity ambition self-interest all these had their share in the admiration which colonel delmore accorded to the beauties and the graces of miss st clair in any situation in life his taste would have led him to admire her but it was only as the heiress of rossville his pride would have permitted him to have loved her but he was aware of the obstacles that stood in the way of his wishes and deemed it most prudent not to oppose himself openly to them at present he was conscious of the odium he would incur were he to enter the lists as the rival of his brother knowing as he had all along done that that brother was the destined husband of the heiress of rossville his aim therefore was to secure her affections in a clandestine manner leaving it to his brother to make his proposals openly and when they had been rejected he would then come forward and prefer his suit this manoeuvre would to be sure expose gertrude to the whole weight of her uncle's displeasure and probably bring much persecution upon her but with a character such as hers that would only tend to strengthen her attachment and colonel delmore was too selfish to prize the happiness even of the woman he loved beyond his own or rather like many others of the same nature he wished that her happiness should be of a reflected nature emanating solely from himself having bewailed the necessity he was under of leaving rossville the following day he then gave way to the most vehement expressions of despair at the thoughts of leaving one a thousand times dearer to him than life and that too without the only solace that could soften the anguish of separation the belief that his feelings were understood the hope that they might one day be mutual gertrude remained silent but there was a deep struggle in her breast 
her mother's prejudice her uncle's plans made her feel the dangers and difficulties of their attachment while they at the same time served to heighten it colonel delmore saw what was passing in her mind and that he must now bring the matter to a decision with all the impassioned sophistry of which he was master he contrived to draw from gertrude an indirect acknowledgment that he was not perfectly indifferent to her and he then urged the necessity there was for carefully concealing their attachment for the present can this be right thought gertrude and her conscience told her no but averse as she was to every species of dissimulation and deceit she was equally a stranger to the meanness of suspicion and to suspect the man she loved was not in her nature love and suspicion were the very antipodes of her mind she therefore quickly banished the slight suggestion that had arisen though she could not so easily reconcile to herself the idea that she was acting a clandestine part in thus deceiving by not disclosing to her mother what had passed but colonel delmore besought her with so much earnestness to withhold the communication for the present and she dreaded so much to encounter her mother's violence and prejudice that perhaps on the whole she was not sorry for an excuse to indulge undisturbed yet a while in love's young dream had mrs st clair ever been the friend of her daughter gertrude would not have acted thus for her nature was open and ingenuous and she would have disdained every species of concealment and duplicity but the whirlwind and the tempest are not more baleful in their effects on the material world than tyranny and violence are destructive of all the finer qualities of the mind with which they come in contact they must either irritate or deaden all those free-born affections of the soul which like the first vernal shoots possess a charm in their freshness alone which art and culture would in vain seek to impart when the lovers reached the castle it was within a few minutes of the dinner hour and gertrude flew to her room where she found her mother waiting for her where have you been child cried she in no very complacent tone lord rossville has been asking for you at least a dozen times and no one could give any account of you i've been walking by the river mamma replied her daughter in some confusion i wish you would leave off these idle rambles of yours i'm quite of the earl's opinion that the less young ladies indulge in solitary rambles the better mamma i was not alone gertrude would have added though in some little trepidation but mrs st clair interrupted her come come there's no time to waste in excuses you will be late as it is so make haste you ought to have remembered there is to be company here to-day to whom lord rossville wished to present you in due pomp perhaps to serve some little political purpose but no matter he is a generous noble-minded man in spite of his little peculiarities he was anxious to have seen you to-day for two purposes which i am commissioned to fulfil the first is that you are to bestow your attention exclusively upon mr delmore the next is to decorate you with a splendid gift for the occasion luckily you are in looks to do credit to my work see here is what your kind generous uncle presents you with and opening a jewel-case she displayed a set of costly pearls a pang shot through gertrude's heart as she thought 
would he have bestowed these upon me if he had known that i am acting in opposition to his wishes oh why am i compelled thus to play the hypocrite and she sighed and shrunk back as her mother would have decked her in oriental magnificence mrs st clair looked at her with astonishment what is the matter gertrude this is a strange time to sigh when adorning with gems which even the future countess of rossville might be proud to wear gertrude passively extended her arm to have the costly bracelets clasped on it but mrs st clair knew not that to those who had just been plighting hearts even golconda's minds would have seemed poor and dim at that moment gertrude felt that wealth and honours were but as painted clay End of section thirty two